Hi there guys, welcome to Grupo Sanzalos Podcast, I am Mestre Pedro. On today's episode I would like to talk about the power of questions and how pretty much one question got me where I am today work-wise, you know. But before we move on to this part, I wanted to talk to you about how, you know, I've been having fun doing this podcast, but it's been a bit hard keeping or I'm complicating things too much and I should not get stuck on semantics, I think. Keeping an episode count of what I'm doing in English and another one that I'm doing in Portuguese is just, it gets starting to get a bit complicated because I have more people, you know, I had had more interviews in Portuguese and trying to figure out something in English. So from now on, if it's going to be interview, I'm going to, you know, come up with a name of a, a subgenre. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce, but like a, a subtype of, you know, how the podcast is going to be, if it's going to be interviews, I'm going to put the British flag, if it's going to be in English, a Brazilian flag, if it's going to be in Portuguese, so you can identify And, you know, I'm going to be pretty much like down to down to earth and just focus on, on getting, uh, trying to diversify the subjects. And as being suggested by one of my first subscribers, my, my instructor in Glasgow, Testa, thanks very much for the feedback. And he basically said that I should try to do some smaller formats as well, talking about specific things. It can be a rhythm and it can be pretty much anything but just something in the shorter format that can be a more concise information for a specific kind of subject so thanks very much for this i hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, don't forget it's always important to for you guys to subscribe send me your feedback you know uh, what you've been thinking any suggestions just like Tester did it's really much appreciated i hope you guys enjoyed it i share Salve galera, Mestre Pedro here, and uh, I want to talk to you guys today, I want to tell you guys a story actually, and that was for uh, quite a while ago, I was in this uh, capoeira event, and uh, we were doing a, a papoeira, you know, a Q&A Q session, and uh, one of the students surprised me with, with a question that I, I wasn't expecting, you know, um, And I was taken back. So basically, the question was, what's the philosophy of your, your logo? You know? And I, at first, I did not really understand the question, you know, because for me, and that's what I pretty much answered, I said, look, beforehand, Mestre Gato had a, a logo that was a cat. But although it was a cool logo, I thought that it had no relationship to, to Capoeira, even though there was a reference to his nickname. You know, and I thought that this photo here is one of the most iconic pictures in Capoeira. He's in it, so it relates to him, relates to to Capoeira. Is the perfect logo, and that's that's what I answer. But that question stayed on my mind, you know, and and the the idea of, of you know chewing over that question, thinking what was the philosophy I, I linked straight to the question of um, what do I want people to relate when they look into this logo, you know? What I want my students to, to see, you know? Of course, it's their identity, 
but what I want them to link to the identity and the general public for that matter, you know? So that this question led me to, to think, okay, so my master, what did I learn from him? You know, my master is my father, but also, but I, in Capoeira, I try to go deep, you know, uh, uh, do a deep dive and, and try to remember what was the first time that I remember, okay, that's, that's cool, you know, like, first kind of lesson. And um, I, I, I remember he was telling me, you know, when he was young, he was, you know, the first guy to teach in the university, the Catholic University in Rio, and he was quite a, 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 a mark, you know, on, on Capoeira being accepted by uh, an elite university to be taught at its grounds. And he was saying, look, I was teaching there, I was teaching in a couple of other places, I had lots of students, but I had this clear idea in my mind that I did not want to live off Capoeira, to survive off Capoeira, you know? And and uh, I remember being sort of, okay, you know, thinking, okay, that's 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 really cool, you know? He he had such a, a deep love for Capoeira. And, and even more importantly, maybe, he was fully aware of that, you know, relationship. And, and he uh, had a great respect for that relationship. He didn't want that to be changed, you know, because he really loved Capoeira. And so that's one of the things I thought, okay, this is one cool thing to, to, to ground or work on is, you know, of course, you got to love Capoeira, but you have to be aware of it, you know, what it has given you. And keep reminding yourself, you know, and... So that was the first thing. Then, you know, if you know a little bit about Mestre Gato, you will know that he was obsessed with training, you know, and he would train in his lunch break like three times a week, and he would teach two times a week in the evenings, and, you know, every month, at least one weekend, he, he would be either in a Hoda or going to a Capoeira event. So he was really committed to training. And he, he had this routine, like regardless, he could be away with the family, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, he would always do a workout, you know. And uh, he was a guy who started like running on the beach, but nobody used to run on the beach, you know. The kids used to wind him up like saying that he was crazy because he was running on the beach. But he also made a lot of mistakes, you know, on that journey. You know, he, the start of, uh, at the start of the group, he was doing bensons against the wall, you know, and later on he told me that they, he used to, like, do armadas on a, on a kicking bag and uh, taking a, a cigarette out of a, a person's mouth with a melody compasso. But, uh, so he did a lot of mistakes, you know, like, and, and uh, of course... Doing a melody compass, taking a cigarette with a melody compass is dangerous to the other person. But when you, you don't know what you're doing, you train, you can get injured. And he did get injured. You know, he had two knee surgeries in one knee, one knee surgery in the other. But uh, looking at his history, you realize that he did learn from those mistakes. So he was always looking into, you know, what was the newest trend in, in the physio, in, in the... He was into yoga and, and stretching and, you know, always trying different classes. So he was also training smart, you know, and I learned a lot just from following him, you know, like in the early 90s, he hooked up with a physio guy 
that you know he did this sequence of, of exercise that he just doubled the size of his legs and allowed him to play capoeira for another 20 years. So, you know, training, you gotta be passionate about training, you gotta have focus on your training. You know, you gotta be able to, to understand what you're doing and to train smart. So these were things that I started incorporating in my own work, you know, and I, what I've really been really focusing on. And, uh, you know, this, this passion for training is a passion that you want to discover more. So he was a guy who was always curious, you know, about Capoeira, about finding out how, when, who, you know. And he was, he had a really humble approach to things. Like in his training, he would, he wouldn't mind to go to somebody's class, you know, somebody who was way younger than him and he would go there just to train. You know, because he loved the training, but so he was humble, and also he was humble on 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 uh, admitting, you know, on on being honest about things how they were, because Capoeira did not have you know things about written on, on, on stone. So there was a push at some point in the group for uh, the group to come up with a philosophy of how the grades started in the group, you know, to create a, a story behind or. You know, like a philosophy, you know, and uh, he said, "Look, why we would do that? Why is it not just better to say, look, we we start using the red cord, and then when we start teaching, we we gave the the fresh student a white cord, and then when that student got to be better to differentiate from the previous from the other students, we gave him the blue, and then between the blue and the white, we start and you know, and we actually had a big influence." of the Eastern martial arts grading system. And, uh, you know, he was, so he was somebody who didn't want to look, to make things look better than they were. You know, he just like tell it real and, and look at the evidence. So he would always be promoting capoeira events, asking uh, uh, researchers to come and talk, you know, so he was always, always, uh, curious about capoeira, finding out how it is, not trying to pass on myths about capoeira, you know, so just, just looking at the evidence and saying how it is, you know, so it's something that's really important um, for us to, to, to be aware of this history in capoeira and, and uh, where it really came from, you know, and uh, the other thing was really strong on him that I realized is that it goes into the very essence of how the group started. The group had people, you know, kids from uh, middle class, real kids from from uh, you know the favelas, uh, uh, kids that came from you know street capoeira that were passing through from Bahia, and in that group they did whatever they could to help each other out. You know, so my 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 father managed to put you no know, actually got. To, put some guys to study with his mother-in-law that had a, 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 a school for, you know, some of them be able to reach the university. And so that was really the genesis of the start of the group, which is a, a very nice story. But he was a guy who would always help somebody else, regardless, like, not being his student, part of his group. You know, so a lot of people stayed in his academy when, he, when they were arriving in Rio and... Uh, you know, so he was a guy who was always willing to help 
anybody who needed in capoeira and uh, this is also something really cool and you know it was something that I, I really thought about all those things from just that question and I and that was I think like a good seven eight maybe more years ago and these that question stayed in my mind and it took me all to those you know realizations and, and to really focus on what is really important for me you know, what I, I really want to base my work on. And and uh, this is what I've been doing, you know. So this is why I'm doing uh, Capoeira Mileva and trying to each time to, you know, Capoeira Mileva is... So here I just got confused. I meant Capoeira Solidaria. I want to, 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 to help kids, you know, from other works right now we are only supporting uh, works that happen within the group but that's not going to be the case we want to transcend the boundaries of group or style of capoeira and uh, I, I i really want to hit on those on those uh, ideas and pass it on to my students how it's important to, to 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 cultivate the relationship of of group of remind yourself what Capoeira has done for you and, and really value that. Train, train smart, you know, be humble. All those things that I really want to associate with. And that was from a question asked from uh, from a student, actually. Uh, was Irmã from Malang. So thank you very much. You asked the right question at the right time. And even though in the beginning I did not think much of it, it really lodged itself in the back of my head. And I kept thinking about it and I kept trying to to answer it you know and I kept asking that same question till I was happy with the answer that I was coming up with you know and uh, what I discovered is that it's really important to have uh, a good state of mind when you're asking the questions so you can come up with good answers you know a lousy state of mind will make you do not quality questions and not have quality answers um, the other thing is worth mentioning is that clarity is power so be specific and um, you know embrace the challenge because like problems are a sign of life right i mean look look at this this podcast is something that i've been you know really trying to do as best as i can and every single intro i lose track of how many times i I take, you know, how many takes I do. I seem to hesitate, and if I hesitate two times, I will stop and start it again. And But as I practice, you know, as I do it more often, I guess I will get better at it. And uh, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, let me know your thoughts. Your feedback is essential. Share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Guys, thank you very much. Thank you, Testa, for the suggestion on smaller, shorter uh, episodes. And thank you, Irmão, for the original question. I share.